Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the most handsome podcast on the internet, Made Man, your favorite podcast about Mad Men, even if you didn't know it. And today, I'm going to talk about the episode that I just finished watching, Season 6, Episode 5, The Flood. What is The Flood? You know, a lot of the times, these episodes have kind of a literal meaning, the titles, and more of a, you know, figurative, metaphoric uh, thing. And in this one, there was no, well, there was no literal flood, but there was a mention of the flood, and there was kind of a, not a, not a flood, but almost a catastrophe type event. Um, and I mentioned in previous episode how I do enjoy how they handle the real life things that happen, um, in the world and how life kind of happens around it. You know, it's not, it's not a pivotal thing in the storyline, but it is something that they have to deal with when it was the, uh, assassination of John F. Kennedy, or I'm talking about the Vietnam War, and we get a little bit, little bit more of that today. So the episode opens up with Peggy uh, in an apartment, and she's looking at a nice new apartment. She's got um, a realtor there who I recognize from, like, I think she's on the Goldbergs or that new show School. She's one of the teachers. She's one of those character actors that I just know from things, but I don't know who she is. Um, and she's showing her all the different spots and, and in the in the apartment, and then um, when uh, the bell rings or whatever, like the doorbell rings, she's like, "Oh, okay, just just follow my lead." And Abe comes in, and she starts talking to Abe about the apartment, and he, um, she's like, "Oh, he, Abe's like, oh, I mean, you know, whatever Peggy's with, whatever Peggy wants to do." So this realtor didn't realize that. You know, Peggy was the real, quote-unquote, buyer of the apartment. And Abe was just kind of like, you know, saying, okay, it's Peggy's call. Peggy Peggy gets to decide, you know, because this is her, quote-unquote, her apartment. Um, now, I literally just watched this. I'm looking at my TV right now, and I see Mad Men, and I see the next episode up on the screen. But I'm telling you, that last last week it was two days difference and I took notes. No notes tonight. Just boom, here I am talking about Mad Men, um, the flood. So I believe the next scene we see is uh, Mr. Don Draper and Megan coming off the elevator into the lobby of their apartment building. Where we? Oh my God! I'm yawning so much. It's not, it's not that late. Um, where? Uh, we see a lot of this, apart, you know, apartment building this season more than ever. They come off the uh, out of the lobby, and who do we see but Doctor and uh, Doctor Wife? And of course, Don's like he can't just play it cool. He's like, "Oh, Doctor Wife, you're here." And they're like, "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're waiting for a taxi. Oh, where are you going? We we're, we have a cab calling. We're going to the man. I can't stop yawning. We're going to the um, the." New York Advertising Club Awards. Oh, that's so great. Oh, first, they're like, we're going to an award. Megan's up for an award. 
oh, congratulations. He, they think it's for acting, but it's for the New York uh, Advertising Club. And they're like, oh, where are you going? Oh, I, he, he got asked the last second to speak at a conference in Washington, D.C. So they're heading out to Washington, D.C. Don's like, oh, where are you going? It's like, we just told you, Washington, D.C. You can just see that Don is constantly distracted whenever he's around them, whether it's because he really wants to have the, the sex with her or it's because he's just distracted. I don't know. It's weird. But he can't just play it cool. Now, while they're going off to uh, be at the Ad Awards and um, Doctor and Doctor Wife are off to, you know, go off to the nation's capital, our, our buddy Michael Ginsburg. I can't stop yawning. This is really, really unprofessional. Um, Michael Ginsburg, we actually see him showing up back in his apartment with his dad. And it's like, we, I, we don't get to see his personal life all that much. Um, so it was, it was nice to see him, uh, and his dad again. And his dad is there with the young woman and Ginsburg's like, Oh, uh, whatever, whatever you're selling, we're not buying. And, um, the dad's like, no, you, you, this is, uh, my friend's daughter trying to do the accent without trying to be, you know, completely, um, uh, uh, what is it? Um, disrespectful. I can't even think of words. Um, this is my friend's daughter. And she's like, oh, hi. She's a school teacher. Oh, we were just talking. Here's some money. Take her out for, for dinner. He's like, I, I don't. I, I just got in. I haven't cleaned up. I haven't done this. Uh, basically, the dad was there setting him up with his friend's daughter. And Ginsburg was like, oh. And the daughter was like, you know, she seemed a little... It was very awkward for the daughter because Ginsburg is very... Uh, he's, he's got the verbal diarrhea. Um, so uh, he sometimes can't, for his own sake, can't stop talking. But eventually he ends up taking this girl out and they go to a diner and they just have some small talk. And he can't even do that right. He ordered soup and he ends up talking about how... Um, he ends up saying how he's never had sex before. And like he, you know, he doesn't, and he doesn't, he didn't know how to deal with this. And the girl's like, Michael, you're, you're a handsome guy, but I'm doing this as a favor for my parents. So this isn't some big moment. You don't have to worry about it. And he's like, do you like kids? I know that can sound weird if you think of it. And when you think about it, um, she's like, I'm a student teacher going for my master's. I do like children though. Um, I think Ginsburg thought this was the beginning of like their, their courtship. She's like, I'm just doing this as a favor. Don't worry about it. Now, over at the awards show, um, they get there and they, they, they notice that they're really, their table's far away. And um, Megan's like, I can't believe these close, you know, the bigger firms get the closer tables. And she goes, oh, look, there's Peggy over there. And he's like, oh, I'm going to wait for everyone else. You can go say hi to her. And it turns out that Peggy's up for an award and Megan's up for an award. For the work they did at Sterling Cooper Draper Price that they're no longer at anymore. Um, now, she, Megan goes over to say hi to her and uh, they talk for a few minutes and Megan introduces her to the head of accounts who is, I don't know his name, but it's Harry Hamlin, the actor, Harry Hamlin. He's a little creepy. He looked like he was creeping on Megan a little bit. Um, and then Ted shows up and sits, and Megan goes off and Ted shows up 
and sits down right next to Peggy and kind of gives her like the eye, like this is my oh, he's, this is my wife. How you doing, Peggy? You probably figured out you haven't won. You're not gonna win, right? But that's okay. Um, and she's like her, and then Abe shows up, and Ted realizes that he took Abe's seat. Then Ted sits down in his seat, and he and the awards show starts. But he gives Peggy a look, almost like, I like you a lot. I don't know if that's the case, but it seemed like there was a weird connection. Maybe he was jealous of Abe. I'm not entirely sure. But the big thing with um, this award ceremony is that Paul Newman's going to be there. Paul Newman, the actor? Yes. He was there to talk. Now, it actually worked out quite well. Because they were so far away, they were they were seated so far away, they could barely see Paul Newman. And we didn't get a closer view because we're with them, so we could barely see Paul Newman. So we get a guy that kind of sounds like Paul Newman, and boom, it works. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. Um, now, here's the thing that I had to rewind twice, and then a third time I put the closed caption on. So Paul Newman gets up there and gives a speech and he talks about, you know, I'm, I'm not here just as an actor trying to promote something. I have a cause, blah, blah, blah. I know Bob Kennedy, but I'm supporting this other guy for president. I don't know who this other guy even is. I, don't, I never heard that name before. And Abe seemed to be, seemed to like that. He starts clapping. And um, then, a, then a, a, a voice goes, Mr. Newman. I'm like, what did he say? And then Abe jumps up. He goes, who said that? And I'm like, I thought he was insulting the presidential candidate. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Let me hear rewind again. Nope. Then I put the subtitles on. It literally took subtitles for me to hear this guy say, Mr. Newman, are you aware that Martin Luther King was shot and killed tonight? Do you, what do you want to say about that? And that's when, like, all kinds of turmoil was let loose. Now, I I feel like I remember seeing there were some broadcasts about the announcement of his death or some concerts people had to, you know, to announce it. It's a different world now where everyone has their own personal supercomputer in their hand and they can find out these things, you know, in seconds. Where, you know, now you're finding it out as people, because someone told you, because they found out, and blah, 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 and so forth, and so on and so forth. And everyone's like, what? No way, this can't be happening. What is going on? And the guy gets up there and goes, ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to try to keep this from you until the end of the night. So they weren't even going to tell them because they wanted to keep doing, having their awards. Um, but in, in lieu of this, you know, um, this news... We're, we'd like to take a 10-minute recess for you to collect yourselves, and then we can get back to the festivities. So just in case you didn't quite catch that, Martin Luther King was just assassinated. A civil rights leader, a Nobel Peace Prize winner, a, a, a leader of men was just assassinated. A major figure in, uh, that, in American history and a major figure in that current world. And they said, let's take a 10-minute break and get back to it. What? Like, they, Megan's like, we're still going to be doing this? And um, you could see it really kind of hit people hard. It hit Joan hard. It hit Pete hard. It really hit Pete hard. Um, he, uh, 
he wanted to call home. He wanted to get home. And, you know, he wanted to call his wife and see what he was doing. The phones were so filled up. Um, he was like, screw this. I'm going to get out of here. I'm just going to leave. I think that's what he said. Um, and Megan's like, they're still going to be doing this. And everyone left. And, uh, oh, Abe, who is a reporter, he he left to go to Harlem in a tuxedo to get the new to get the story. Um, and and uh, Peggy's, Peggy's like, you know, I'm, I'm, my ride's gone now. Don's like, don't worry, we'll take you home. After and the lights blink, they're like, I'm still going to be doing, you know, the lights will blink with telling telling them intermissions over. And Don's like, what else are we going to do? So they had the awards. Uh, we didn't see any of the awards, but they had them. Um, before we go any further, I want to take a moment to take a little break and hear a word from today's sponsor. Now, one thing I forgot to tell you was at the awards, um, Roger introduced Don to this dude from an insurance agency and he wanted to meet. Uh, we had some ideas. Um, this guy's a total, total kook, total crazy person. Don was like, oh, it's nice to meet you. And the guy's like, we've met before. And I feel like we've had this meeting or he was just really, really weird. He was a, he was a weirdo. This is, he, I know him mostly as Ethan from Lost. Um, and he's just kind of a, just a complete kook. He actually did bring some levity to this episode though. So, you know, while um, this is going on, we actually do go over and see the, uh, the, uh, ha uh, Harry, Harry, Henry, uh, Henry Francis. It's been a while since we've seen Henry. It's been a while since we've seen, uh, his wife, Betty and his three stepchildren, uh, Icky, Bicky and Bloop. What are their names? Uh, Sally, uh, Bobby and, um, oh my God, I can't believe, I can't believe I remember, I can't remember the third gene. Um, and you know, they're all upset with what's going on, but Betty won't let them listen to the uh, radio. They won't listen to watch TV. They're listening to the radio. Because all the news is, obviously, the assassination of, of uh, MLK. Um, and Bobby ends up going to bed. And this is a weird one. He was just kind of upset. Or he saw that the um, his wallpaper wasn't perfectly lined up. So he started picking at it, picking at it, seeing the wallpaper underneath it. Betty ended up seeing it, and he got in trouble with her. Um, if I'm all over the place, I'm all over the place. I apologize. Henry ended up having to go into the city because he works for the mayor, and the mayor, you know, he's got to... Uh, um, the mayor obviously has to see things because they're tearing down the city, and that that freaked Bobby out a little bit. They're, quote-unquote, burning down the city, he said. He goes, no, no, it's, it's, it's not that bad. Everything will be fine. Um... The next day at Peggy's office, uh, she got a phone call from the realtor saying, oh, we're going to, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I feel like this was the, at, in the office where she got this phone call saying, um, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make an offer. We got someone else coming in. We'll make, we'll, we'll give them a, a low ball offer because I think it's a good idea. The realtor was really, you know, I think dragging her along. Um, and after she got off the phone with the realtor, uh, a woman 
um, who came into the office, who worked with the office. And this was really interesting how something that happened, <coughs> excuse me, um, something that happened, um, paralleled something that happened in, something that happens now parallels something that happens in the other office. And it's just very different what you see. So in this one, um, there's an African American woman who works in the office. She comes in and Peggy's like, oh, I can't believe you're even here. What, what are you even doing here? Um, you know, I didn't think you'd be here. And, uh, you know, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. They're just talking a little bit. Peggy was like connecting this with this person as a real person, gives her a hug and says, you should probably go home. And she's like, thank you very much. Um, now later we're going to see the same thing. So in the office at Sterling Cooper, Draper price, no one's really around. Um, no one is, uh, like, I shouldn't say no one's around, but none of the, most of the secretaries are watching TV or going to do something. And Don wasn't there. So, um, Don, the secretary wasn't there. Um, Don Draper ends up taking his own Rolodex and calling in to, uh, Washington, D.C. to a hotel because he wants to make sure doctor and doctor wife are doing okay. Because they're in Washington, D.C. where all this crap is going down. And really, all he seemed to care about was doctor wife. Um, he is, he, he seems to be worried about her because they're in, they're in Washington, D.C. with all this craziness happening. It ends up like a couple people die, but we don't really know the fate of doctor and doctor wife. I just assume they're fine. I don't think that's how they'd kill them off. That would be, that'd be something. So, um, Dawn, the secretary, Dawn eventually comes into the office and they're like, we, we didn't expect you to come today. She's like, oh, my mother thought I should come. Um, and this was the most awkward moment of the whole episode. Uh, Joan goes to hug Dawn, female Dawn. And Joan gives this awkward, like trying to hug, you know, stiff hug. And Dawn does not reciprocate in any way. She looked confused. She looked odd. She said, frankly, she'd just rather be working. Don's like, you should go home. And um, he goes, actually, we're going to be closing up early. And Roger's like, well, that insurance guy is going to be coming in for a 3 o'clock meeting. I got Ginsburg and uh, and, St and Stan are going to be staying around. Um, he's like, yeah, you could stay. And, and uh, Don, was, Don, the secretary, was like, yeah, you know, I'd rather stay too. And he's like, all right, that's fine. Um, they end up meeting this guy. I'm just going to go through this now. They end up meeting this guy, and he was a friggin' weirdo. I don't even, like, know what the point of this was, where he, he basically was saying he, he kind of, he had a vision of a Molotov cocktail being lit with his their insurance name under it, basically taking, um, like, advantage or, or of the the riots that have been going on. And he said that it's okay because Dr. Martin Luther King appeared to him uh, in a dream, which was like, what the hell is going on here? Um, and what the, my favorite part was, Ginsburg was fascinated by that. Um, Don, Roger was just like nonplussed. Is that the word? Don looked completely annoyed. And Ginsburg was loving, not Ginsburg, Stan was loving it. He just had this big goofy grin. He was laughing the whole time. Um, and this guy was just, you know, nothing. It was, there was no reason for it except for some weirdness. Um, and they just kind of sent this guy in his way. And that was really it. We don't see this guy anymore. The story doesn't come up anymore. Um, now, 
maybe it was the uh, the day after that would have been the weekend. And if I'm all over the place, sorry, but um, oh, this is what happens. So they're at home watching TV, worrying about you know what, all the stuff that's going on in the in the, in the nation. And Megan calls. Megan's like, "Your Betty's on the phone. You forgot to get the kids." He's like, I, "Betty, you want me to bring the kids into this into this you know place like this?" Uh, she's like, of course you don't want to see them, you know, because Betty's selfish. So Don's like, uh, he goes in and gets all three kids and they, he, you see them all sitting in the front seat of his car. Oh, of course, Don puts his drink down to go pick up his kids, which is hilarious. Uh, but they're driving through New York City uh, with sirens or sirens, as uh, my wife's uncle used to say. So there were sirens uh, going off and you could just see, you know, Bobby looking around weird and Don was just looking at it thinking, you know, Jesus, this is, this is a little bit scary. So when they have the kids in the uh, apartment, in the apartment, um, the next day, uh, Don wakes up and sees them all dressed up, ready to go out because they're going to a, uh, vigil. But Bobby was like, I'm sick. I don't feel good. I don't want to go. And, um, you could see he was faking. He just wanted to stay home. So and Don ends up staying home with them. And um, Sally's like, you can't watch TV. Mom said you can't. So when Gene, Sally, and Megan leave, uh, he's like, "Why? what did your mother say? She said, I'm not allowed to watch TV for a week. Boom. Next shot, they're at the movies together. You can't watch TV? Fine. I didn't say nothing about the movies. And they go see Planet of the Apes, and it was kind of cool, um, you know, seeing the, seeing someone, see that scene for the first time where the dog you ruined it. We see the Statue of Liberty at the end, um, and Don was like, "Oh, did you like that? Want to watch it again?" And they stay for the movie again. And while that's going on, an usher comes through and cleaning things up. And he's an African American guy, and Bobby starts talking to him. He's like, "Have you seen this movie?" And he goes, I haven't yet. He goes, oh, we liked it. We're going to watch it again. Do you get to see the movies for free? He's like, yes, I do. He goes, oh, that's great. He goes, people like to see movies when they're sad. That was kind of a weird thing for Bobby to say. It's almost like he's trying to tell his dad, I'm sad. And that's why I like seeing this movie. I'm just going to stay with the storyline. Um, he ends up after they go to the movie, they end up going back home and Don is in his room. And this is a weird, just kind of, to me, I was like, this felt out of, not out of place, but like he's just sitting there holding a drink, looking like upset, looking like he's cried. And Megan comes in, he's like, she's like, uh, he talks a little bit about the vigil. And then Megan basically says, you're in here instead of doing this. Um, you know, you could be out there with your kids. He's like, you know, you didn't even go with them today. Um, she's, he's like, you're so much better with them than that. And she's like, you know what? Oh, he's like, you wouldn't understand. And she goes, no, cause you, you know, instead of Marxism, you have the bottle. She was complaining about her own dad who doesn't, it wasn't a good dad because all he cares about is this Marxist ways. Um, and he's, he, she basically says, you know, you know, you need to, she was basically calling him out on being with the kids. And then Don gave a great little, John Hamm gave a great little speech that was 
just a, also like not um like it was it was sad but then it kind of had a, a warm ending we talked about he never thought he'd be the type of person to love a child um that just wasn't his thing and then all of a sudden he has a child and you think he's going to say and everything changes but he doesn't he says you have a child and then those the, you you feel like those feelings are going to come but then they don't come and you start faking it and you think you know that he's basically saying he had to fake that he loved his kids and you know what it kind of makes sense because he was a selfish he is a selfish guy and he cared more about his own gratification than these kids now it's weird because they sh you show him having some nice moments with these kids over the years but this um like this revelation of the fact that he, you know, when he had these kids, he didn't feel what he, he did. He felt weird that he didn't feel what he was supposed to be feeling. He said, but then all of a sudden they get a little older, they become, you know, older. And you, you start realizing that the feeling that you are having these feelings that you used to have to fake. And it feels like your heart's going to explode. So I thought that was interesting because it seemed like he really wanted to um, be, I don't know, you know, it just seemed like maybe the fatherhood was getting to him. I'm not quite sure um, what that whole speech was. It was interesting. It was interesting that he, um, that he does love his ch children. It, it, I mean, at least now he does, you know, Jesus. Um, but that led to him getting up late one night and go that probably that night and going into Bobby's room and Bobby's awake and he's like, what are you doing? He goes, you need to go to sleep. He, and Bobby's like, I can't sleep. I'm scared. And you know, it wasn't that he was, it was scared about something specific and I felt a little bad for Don. He's like, why are you scared? Because I'm scared that someone's going to shoot Henry. You realize Henry is a stepfather. Henry's the guy he's with most of the time. And Henry's been raising him for the last couple of years. Henry's raised this kid from um, to the point where he's a whole. He looks like a whole different kid. I mean, geez, uh, is this the second season of this Bobby? Or is this is the first season of this Bobby. I, this was the episode for this Bobby. He finally feels like Bobby to me. It took me a while, but now he can be. He can be Bobby Draper. We'll see what happens next year. Um, but he uh, he's nervous about Henry. Why won't they shoot Henry and? Don had a great thing. I don't have to worry. He's not that important. And that seemed to calm Bobby down a little bit. Uh, and then Don goes out to get a drink. And you could see he um, there was just sirens again showing that there's some craziness going on in the world. And that's how the episode ended. Um, I think that's it for Don. You know, he had he had that nice, that, that great little speech, that sad, that happy little speech. Um, with Pete there is a couple things that happen. So he ends up calling Trudy uh, in this episode and just checking on her, seeing how he's doing, how she's doing. It was cordial. Um, and he's like, I feel like you shouldn't be alone. I should come and see you and Tammy. And uh, she's like, no, nope, we are fine. He's like, how is Tammy? How's she doing? She doesn't know what's going on. He's like, oh, that's right. He doesn't even know his kid's not old enough to understand what's going on. Um, and he's like, I'll see you on Saturday. 
And she goes, no, no, I, you can just say you're sick. Or I'll just cancel completely. So it looks like she was having her parents out on Saturday and Pete was going to be there to put up the appearance that life is going fine and they're happy and blah, blah, blah. You can see Pete is starting to feel um, bad about the fact that he's not with his family. But guess what? He did that to himself. Uh, we later on see Pete getting Chinese food delivered. He even tries to talk a little bit to the Chinese guy, the the, the Chinese food delivery guy, and uh, who was also a Chinese guy. And um, the guy couldn't care less. He didn't even say anything. He just stared at him. He's like, okay. Pete just goes back into his apartment with his Chinese food. Um, you know, when you think about this guy who has a house in the suburbs, but then he also has this little love shack in the city, you think like, oh, look at this player, you know, who's who's got this little nest there where he can have people, and then he goes home to his wife. You don't, you don't want to say that's a bigwig, but you, you see that's a guy who is power-obsessed, right? And then you turn it around, and now that house is gone, and all you see is this apartment. And he's got this apartment, which is his full-time residence. Now it just looks like a sad divorced guy, even though he's not divorced. He's not divorced. Um, with Ginsburg... The only other thing, we see him go and tell his dad. We see him wake his dad up and tell him about Martin Luther King. And uh, that was upsetting. And then we see later on, he's he's uh, excuse me, he's on a sewing machine uh, working on his dad's jacket. His dad wants to go to work. And um, the dad's like, I have to go to work. That's what happens. Life goes on. And he goes, they're good as new when he, when he sewed the thing for his dad. His father's like, this is terrible. You you can't sew. You can't cook. You can't clean. This is why you need a girl. Unless you don't like girls. And Ginsburg's like, I like girls. Fine. But I don't need you to help me find them. I can find my own girls. And it was a, this was the comment where the father's like, in the flood, the animals went in two by two. And you'd go in with your your brother or something like that. It was a weird thing. Um, but he, the flood, he, he was talking about the actual biblical Noah's flood. Um Noah's Ark Flood, you know that one, The Flood. Uh, so that's where the literal term of the title episode, of the episode came in. And I guess just the flood of everything that happened, you know, in the nation following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. That could be considered the flood too. I think I covered more of Ginsburg's, most of Ginsburg's stuff too. I'm not really sure what else. Oh, Megan did win something. She had an award. Um, so wouldn't that mean that... Uh, Peggy won too. Didn't they win on that together? I'm confused. I'm not sure. But um, going back to Peggy. Um, oh, wait. No, actually, with Pete. Let's stay with Pete. So at one point, um, Pete comes out of the office and Harry comes out of the office. And they're talking about, you know, the have you been you know paying attention to what's going on? It's crazy out there. And Harry... Uh, in a very dick move, was angry because the clients are going to the client the clients are going to want free commercials now because they're not getting the commercials on prime time because of all the news interruptions. And Harry's pissed. He's like, I'm I'm tired of being preempted for the news. We're missing Bewitched. We're missing. I think it was laughing. These other things he was saying. And Pete was like, Are you freaking kidding me? This, this happens and all you care about is the bottom line. He goes, 
what do you want? How many times can we have to do we have to keep hearing it? You know, on the on the news, he's like, you are. He calls him a racist, and Harry's yelling. They're yelling back and forth, and Bert Cooper comes out, and he he's like, gentlemen, gentlemen, please stop talking like that. And finally, Pete snapped at him. He goes, let me put it in a way you'll understand. He has a wife and four kids. And then he walked off. So at that point, in that moment, I liked Pete. I don't normally like Pete, but that was a moment where I, I was a, uh, I was a Pete man. A Pete fan, you could say. Jeez. Um, oh, so I think that's it for Pete. Yeah, I think that's it for Pete. Roger was just, you know, he, here and there. Not much going on there. Uh, same with Joan, just here and there. Ken was there. I saw him put his hand on Joan's shoulder. That's the only thing I got out of that. Um, I'm trying to think what the hell else. Uh, oh, well, the, the other stuff going on is with Peggy. So she didn't get the apartment. The uh, woman called back and uh, said that, you know, someone else came in under, which came in for asking and she was under asking if she asked for asking she probably would have gotten in the first place that's why I think this woman's giving her the run around um, so she got off the phone and she says I didn't get the uh, apartment Abe's like oh that's alright and Peggy was upset she's like don't you think why don't you care more and Abe's like I didn't think it was my place I didn't um, you know you it's, it's your money. I didn't think I should say this. I just wanted to, you know, um, but I didn't really want to live up there anyway. She's like, oh, why didn't you want to live up there? He goes, and it's our money. You're in my life. He goes, why didn't you want to live up there? And he goes, I th always thought, you know, down on upper 80 or something, whatever. He goes, you know, it's it's not it's not dangerous. It's a little run down. We just slap some paint, get some wood. A lot of people are doing it. I just didn't want to raise our kids up up in the Upper East Side. And the fact, when he said that, Peggy's whole demeanor changed. She just kind of like, ooh, like she had a glow about her. She was like, whoa, what, what? She goes, I didn't know you felt that way about the Upper East Side. He's like, oh, yes, I do, I do. But you could see what she really meant about, I don't know you felt that way about us having kids someday. Um, she just had this big grin on her face after that. So I thought... That was a cool little moment. Um, I want to say, I think I've, I think I've done it. I think I've covered everything. Um, I can't think, I, I say that, I cannot think of anything else to say. So, you know what? If I missed out something in this episode, you're used to it by now at this point. The fact that you're still listening is mind-boggling. Not not because, well, just the fact that anybody listens to me talk about this just blows my mind. I love it. But you must really like Mad Men because the, I realize I ramble on and on, and I'm like, am I getting any of this right? I'm not sure. I must be getting some of it right because, uh, you know, you guys are a great audience, and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Now, I want to tell you something before I go. Actually, this isn't my only podcast. So I just started a brand new podcast that I want to talk to you about really quick. Um, it's also available at fanslineexperts.com. Now, Disney Plus is a brand new streaming service that just 
launched on Tuesday. They have a show uh, set in the Star Wars world called The Mandalorian. I mean, the title, I'm the made man, or at least I want to be. Um, the title says itself, The Mandalorian. I'm doing a podcast just like this show where I watch the episode of The Mandalorian. I talk about it without any research, any topic. I just sit there and I talk about it. There's only one episode out right now, but you can find it at fanslineexperts.com slash Mandalorian. The name of the podcast, of course, The Mandalorian Man. Why wouldn't it be that? It's available anywhere podcasts are available. And again, if you don't know it, it's Disney Plus is a new, the new streaming platform with, um, you know, and this is a Star Wars show. It's a Star Wars show. It's like a Western set in the Star Wars world. So check it out if, you, um, if you're interested in, in that show. Please check out my podcast. I appreciate it. Again, fansnotexperts.com. Um, yeah, that's it, my friends. That is it. Do you notice that it's not that late at night? Do you notice if you if you're getting this right away? Did you notice I put the I did the podcast on Thursday, recorded it on Thursday, and uploaded it and, and submitted it to you on Friday? Because that's just how much I love doing this show. I didn't want to be late anymore. Bam. We'll see how next week goes. But um, look, I got nothing else. So it's time for me to bring that voice down just a little bit. And I want to say to you, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. And my friends, like I said already, I want to thank you for listening as I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts.